Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. And guys, we have... Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So much to talk about in this episode. We're going to try to keep it as tight as we can. Uh, It is the season premiere, season two, of Disney Plus The Mandalorian. Uh, It's here. Frank, uh, can you believe it's finally here again? It's like... It feels like it just happened, but also yeah. it feels like another lifetime away. I mean, because that when we covered Mandalorian season one, we were also deep into Watchmen. Um, That's true. But you know, since then, I've watched The Mandalorian again, um, and I also watched all of the uh, the Disney Gallery stuff, which was really really cool. Um, the Disney Gallery stuff was absolutely fantastic. And what a great feature to have to a streaming service. Bonus features oh, yeah. are a huge selling point for me. And if they're gonna, you know, really offer this premium service, like it it's definitely an added value for me to enjoy. Yeah. Basically once that that series finished up, we went back and rewatched the show again. And then you can like look for all the things they were talking about. It's like, oh that's pretty cool. Um yeah. and I liked it. I, I think I think obviously Disney Plus has uh still a lot to I don't know, to grow into, basically. Like, they, they didn't have that much content over the past year. It's like, oh, wow, my subscription's about to renew. That's crazy. But, like, I think they're really just about to explode. Um, and so to, to put the gallery over the summer or May or whenever it was was good. But I also would like to have it, like, as an after-the-episode thing. I was like, ah, I, I want to know more about the one we just watched, you know? Exactly. Um, but the way that they treated it, it wasn't about each episode. It was about like a topic. It was, you know, the music, the, the, uh, the volume, the whole, like the way they shoot the show and and the directors and stuff. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, it's back. Um, I feel like I was surprised there was only one true trailer. I mean, they had some other ads here and there, but they, they really, you know, kept it to the best. They that's what they I mean, come on, man. We we talked about this a year ago. I think maybe still at this time, maybe maybe it was. uh, Yeah. At this time, we still had no idea about Baby Yoda. Well, of course not. Yeah. We We had no idea until the end of that episode. (laughs) It's just an incredible thing that they are able to uh, control the marketing and understand how to release and not release information now. Uh, big ups to Disney for like doing what they did. I mean, some of the stuff kind of leaked, I mean, based on casting stuff, but yeah, mostly like, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. There was no idea what was going to be happening next. And yeah, it, this is, this is some crazy shit. So I think, unfortunately though, we have to mention one big, uh, Scottish elephant in the room. And that is, uh, the death and passing of Sir Sean Connery, uh, as of yesterday, October 31st, 2020, uh, Halloween, um, Sean Connery is, uh, died. He passed away with us. I mean, he was 90 years old, 90 years old. We were just talking about him, you know, when we were covering James Bond, like a week ago. And it's like our last episode drops, on you know his legacy and the legacy of the entire series so far and then then he leaves and it's super Suck. sad yeah um but he lived an amazing life and like 90 years old is is up there 
he's great. I think, you know, there, there's so many great memories to have with Sean Connery, whether you're coming at it from James Bond, whether you're coming at it from his, you know, work after Bond, Hunt for Red October comes to mind. Oh, so the, good. The, the Rock, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yep. Uh, you know, whether you're coming to him from Saturday Night Live uh, and Daryl Hammond's fa- fabulous impression, like, you know, we love Sean Connery. And I think he was an Amer- he was a global icon. Yeah. He's a knight of the, you know, British Navy, I think is what they call it or whatever. Yeah. And it's awesome. And um, well, it's not awesome that he's dead, but he was awesome. And I'm hopeful that. You know, his memory will be for a blessing. Condolences to his family. Yep. And uh, yeah. he was just such an awesome dude. And we just wrapped up saying that he was our favorite James Bond. And he was so iconic as a character. I think uh, if you know who he is, you know that he's James Bond. Um, but, like, those movies were a long time ago. It's crazy. Um, but he he had a whole amazing career after it. And... Um, and like basically a life of retirement because he hasn't been doing anything for several years, like almost like definitely over a decade. Um, so yeah. Uh, condolences to his family and, uh, and to the, the producers of, of the, the Bond film series, of course. So, um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We've talked enough about James Bond over the past six, seven months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Mandalorian, uh, Chapter nine, the marshal. Oh God! So I mean, having the show back, I, I was really excited. Um, like I said, I'm glad that they didn't give us too much in advance. But it's like, okay, Friday's here. Yep. We waited until like five or six o'clock, um, which felt easier this time compared to like last year when it's like oh my god there's so something crazy happened um but when did you watch it saturday i watched it saturday we just had i was too exhausted to put up a gaming system to uh get disney plus on the you know the screen from our old apartment so it was just like all right all right and then yesterday i had some time we got fully done with the move and boom throw it up okay and with that, I think we have to throw up the spoiler warning. Yeah, I mean, you can't talk about this show without spoilers. I mean, like, no. it's it's very cool, but we're going to get into plot-specific stuff here. Um, sorry about that. But, yeah, just spoilers. Go watch the show. If you haven't watched the show, what are you doing with your life? You're crazy. Uh, I can't believe I waited so long. I'm so glad I didn't get spoiled. Yep. Um, and that was that's fucking excellent. Yep. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it, Frank. Go. Uh, so I mean, this one clocked in at uh, you know, fifty minutes or so. Like that's probably one of the longest episodes they've had, and it's good as uh as the premiere. And now we gotta wait another week. There's the the schedule is like every week now. There's nothing weird like last year. Um, but I I mean. I don't want to get to the end yet because I feel like there's like so much to talk about with that, but I feel like this is a good episode to like reset up the series. Like the, the recap of course does a really great job of telling you, but I feel like this is also a good entry point for people. Like if you missed it last year, I don't know why you wouldn't watch the first eight episodes before jumping in. But if you just wanted to get a taste, this kind of teases out like, okay, this is what happened before. This is what they're doing now. Um, You're right. We're seeing, 
the Mandalorian on his journey of trying to return Baby Yoda, the child Yodi, <laughs> to yeah. to his people, either his species or to the Jedi. Um, and he's following a lead as soon as the episode opens, which is like similar to how the first episode of the whole show starts. Like we see him in action. Yeah, he's already on you know his job. You know, we're not you know taking a moment where we're in space. That we're right immediately back into his. You know, what is he trying to do? We, he tells us all in a beautiful talky-talky scene with John Leguizamo, which is actually pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. Uh, and we get to see some kick-ass uh, battle axing, which is, like, really fun. Yep. Who are those guys again? I don't know, the pig dudes. <laughs> the pig dudes from Return of the Jedi, they're fucking great, man. I, and they I'll have... be honest with you, though. They looked a little weird to me because, like, normally they have this huge armor on. Yes. And so they look beefier with all the armor, and then it's like, okay, they just have like human bodies. <laughs> like, yeah, that was dis- disconcerting. But <laughs> it, I don't know. I still think it was an awesome scene. Yeah. I loved uh, Yodi's reaction, and I loved when they like when the tables have turned, and you're like, oh shit! And then you get to see Mando use his latest weapon from the end of the last season. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's wow. That was a really big banging opening scene. Well, and the, the amazing thing is that a lot of that scene is in the trailer. And yeah. a lot of the trailer is pretty much like the first episode, which is really great because uh, they, they're they not going to spoil anything. But I also kind of wish that at the end of the episode, there was like a next week on on The Mandalorian. So we had a little bit to go on. Um, but yeah, no, the, no you're, you're right. The beginning is great. Um, a lot of great action. Obviously, the iconic moment of the trailer when... Baby Yoda like closes his his carrier. Uh, the best, so it's cool, so good, so cool. <laughs> it's like he's a character, right? That's the yeah. thing. Like you, you forget sometimes he's like this cute little muppet, but he actually has personality and he knows what's yeah. going on. Like he may he, be a baby, but he knows what's going on. He he understands like what uh, Jin Darn is doing, right? Like he fully. I'm pretty sure. To the best of his abilities, like he knows that, like he's like a ambiguous person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like morally ambiguous. You know, like he's not. I, I gotta believe that Baby Yoda, even in his you know lifetime, I don't know how sentient he is, but like I'm pretty sure he's pretty fucking sentient, and I'm I think he can tell like who's good and who's bad, but also what they do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a cool. I really enjoyed that they had electric guitars in a fucking Star Wars action sequence. Like that was like really fun for me. Yep. It felt very it felt a little Bill and Ted, but it also just like it kind of like rocked in that moment. Yeah. And uh it's a cool um you know uh way to get back to Tatooine. And it's interesting to also hear that like, you know, the Mandalorian has been to Tatooine so much and he's so familiar with Tatooine that like you forget, like not only he does speak sand people. Yeah. And that'll come back huge in this episode. We threw up the spoiler warning, everybody, but uh, the, um, you know, he's traveled extensively there and to have him go back, we know from the, a teaser that was done in uh, last season, you know, that when they were on Tatooine, like somebody's footsteps come up. Yeah. Uh, this is like really nuts. So, and it plays huge in this episode. Very huge. I mean, I, so the thing is, like, 
some people are complaining that he's back on Tatooine and it's like, oh, it's such a familiar place. But like, there's a reason. Like, there there's a specific yeah. reason. They teased it last season. We've been speculating on it for like 30 years. <laughs> and, yeah. And so it, it works. Um, I think going back and you get Amy Sedaris back is, is a, you know, she's a fun character. She's great. Um, and because he's following this, because he basically he wants to find other Mandalorians in order to find and, and get a better connection to the Jedi or to his species. Like that, that's the thread he's pulling. And so when he gets word that there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine, of course he's going to go back there. And um, what he finds out is that it, there's this this town on Tatooine, uh, Mos Pelgo, I think. Um, different area, yeah. It, yeah, you know, not not the typical areas that we know of. And so, so he goes um, only to meet, you know, the best cosplaying Mandalorian in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Cobb Vanth. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> Played by <He> – and by best, I mean terrible because it, that armor does not fit him right. But that's the point. Like, it's it's very obvious from the first shot that you see uh, Timothy Oliphant playing Cobb Vanth that this is not uh, – Boba Fett. He's not a Mandalorian. Like, this, he just got this armor. And – immediately recognizably as Boba Fett's armor. Oh yeah. The dented helmet. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole deal. And I, <sighs> all right. So when he shows up like that is, you know, it was a big answer. And I thought really very heavily, I was like, Oh, I am, am impressed with this direction because it leaves kind of a whole opening for, you know, what's to go on with Boba Fett's armor. Like maybe that's an in more interesting story than, all right, we have Boba Fett back. Right. Uh, and I definitely felt at the time I was like, okay, like this is going to be an interesting plot until uh, the moment comes where this becomes like a very traditional Western. Yeah. And that it's, we have to go kill the bear or the wolf or the coyote or the cougar or the mountain lion <laughs> all together and uh, once we do that, we'll be able to, you know, unite them and, and do this shit. Yeah. And, and who better to, to portray a Western in the Star Wars universe than Timothy Oliphant? Like, yeah, man, I mean, he's I, he's so fit for that. He's so fit for it. I mean, I've never seen Justified or was he on Deadwood, too? I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering. But he's never... in many he's in many of these projects. Right. But so he's perfect. He he's got a, a really cool um swagger to him and like very counter to uh the mandalorian um sure i guess we need to keep calling him dinjarin now right like that's his name <laughs> well like I, well, we didn't know his name until the officially end. yeah you um, know i just i hate mando and like that just is a weird nickname to me and i've said it before but anyway mando and and do you think it's insulting to the mandalorian community it's i mean to me it's like yeah <laughs> yeah you're, you're not gonna... <laughs> yes <laughs> yes exactly because like there are so many other mandalorians and you just call them all mando that seems racist um but and sure especially since like he's the one that we've been following all along anyway uh <laughs> no i feel but, you no I, I like the way they set him up uh that you know he takes the armor off and he has no qualms about taking it off and then they come up with this deal of like okay if you help me uh slay this dragon i'll give you the armor back and so we get the 
live action debut of the crate dragon we've only seen its skeleton uh <laughs> on tatooine yeah. and it, it you know it wreaks havoc on this planet and like it was really cool to see um the mandalorian like on his way to the town you know meet up with the sand people again because like we're like oh yeah he likes them <laughs> he could get they along. get along swimmingly <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah and I, I love the redemption arc of the sand people right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, but the sand people get a bad rap, you know? I love how he says, they're raiders. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. He's like, yeah, th- they'll rape your women, but but that's what they do, you know? Uh, and But, the, oh, my God. The sand people are, I mean, the sand people are huge in this episode. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. And I love the sneaky way in which the sand people show up to different places. Yep. You know, to me, that seems very fun. Like, a Sand People surprise party, like, birthday party, it's got to be a fucking crazy-ass surprise. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you even imagine what they could fucking come up with? Like, go outside to your little fire outside your Tuscan Raider hut. You it's know? because they hide their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're great. Um, and, like... So I, to me, like this, the other big thing in this episode is I think a little bit of a course correction on, I mean, in my opinion, this may not be true, but because in season one, when the Mandalorian slays the Mudhorn, which, you know, we now see on his, on his armor, which is awesome that he's got his like little sigil thing, but it always didn't sit right with me. Like you're going to kill this, this mother. And uh, this animal that like didn't do anything wrong to you, you're just gonna, you know. But obviously, we know why he had to 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 get the egg, to get his ship fixed, yada yada yada. But like here, I feel like they're course correcting, and they they show uh, uh, Mandalorian and Cobb Vanth like encounter these like the dog things that are the the Sand People's like pet people, um, and he's like, no, 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 I got this, and he like goes over and pets him. But then when they have the crate dragon show up, it's like this massive uh, behemoth behemoth that's a threat. And you can understand why they would want to kill it instead of like the mudhorn where they invade its home. Like it, it's I really feel like they flip that on its head and to, to make it um, more relatable. And, and, you know, when they are killing, I mean, they're disnifying it. Right. They're, they're trying to make it right. less uh, scary. And uh, like you don't want to kill the animals with the cute faces. Um, which I that's appreciate. True. <laughs> no, that's true. I, you know, I'm kind of okay with with this arc. I think that they, uh, I'm excited to see what other arcs and adventures uh, we go on this season. Yep. Um, it seems interesting that we would start with, um, you know, uh, start this way with, uh, the overwhelming reveals in this episode, and I don't know if we're there yet, so mm-hmm. I want to just like make sure we cover the as as much ground as we did. Like the, I think the battle with the dragon at the end is pretty epic. Yeah, and it definitely felt um, otherworldly, and also like they were all working together on like the same thing. Uh, I'm sure that it was cool that they, you know, actually shot some of those guys running around someplace. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I appreciated that. Yeah. And it um, felt Star Warsy, like, you know, it having, did. And, and like, also like 
you realize why he's our hero and why, why we are following him. Like, yeah, Cobb Vanth is kind of a badass, and he we, we get the cool flat flashback before of how he, like, saved the town, but he isn't able to, to stop this dragon on his own, and we see why. And the Mandalorian, like, really is able to rally these troops together and, like, is totally fucking awesome the way he kills the dragon. <laughs> Like, it's like, yeah, okay, it's pretty, it's very uh, K for men in black. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like lay your life on the line. And then, you know, but that awesome shot of him flying away, hitting the detonator is fantastic. Yeah, tight as hell. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's awesome. Um, and I think it's really done well. Um, some people, how did it th- look on your TV? Is it streaming in 4k? Uh, I think so. Uh, that's cool. Um, it looks great. I mean, it, the show has always looked great. I mean, I feel like I think some of the shots look a little bit better this year. You know, like when uh, I remember last year complaining a little bit about like some of the speeder bike scenes where it's like, OK, you can clearly tell that they're in front of a like, screen. <laughs> like, yeah, um, but it, it's it's homogenized a little bit more. It looks pretty good. Um, I think a lot of people are, are criticizing how this episode feels a lot like the one, the sanctuary from last season where it's like, okay, we've got to train a bunch of villagers to work together to stop this threat. Yeah. Like, and, and I get that, but like, I don't know. It's the, a different kind of threat. The stakes are so much higher. Um, and, but it's also like, this is more about the Mandalorian getting what he wants to like, he's so, just trying to follow this lead and it's not like a side mission. Okay. So I think we've talked about this enough, and within, in the interest of time, I'm going to call up the Boba Fett warning. Uh, if you don't want to know about Boba Fett and what's going on, turn off the podcast. But if you did watch the episode and you're ready to talk about what the larger implications are, that time has now come. Franks. Um, yes. I really dug the the flashback, and I was really leading into the idea that Boba Fett, you know – maybe not maybe was not going to be here right i was maybe thinking oh we'll get him in a flashback that's why he's going to be in the scene or like maybe he'll pop up later on as a flashback or some other kind of reference after we had seen the armor yeah um but and, and one other piece that, so um the star wars aftermath novel which i have on my bookshelf but i haven't read yet um okay <laughs> is uh one that it's basically right after return of the jedi and it actually introduces cobb vanth as a character and they hint at the fact that he might have boba fett's armor and really know, yeah they do and it's like I, I again i haven't read it but that's what i've read about and People have always speculated as like, oh, is that Boba Fett's armor? I think they say that he's got some armor that has like acid burns on it or something. Like, it's so Cobb-, Cobb Vanth is in the book. Cobb Vanth is in the book, but maybe just as a side character. Uh, he's not like okay. the main main person. So, since that book came out several years ago, there's always been speculation of could Boba Fett have survived. Or, I mean, obviously, since Return of the Jedi, people like could Boba yeah. Fett have sur- survived. Um, and, uh, you know, we get the armor here, and so you think, well, did he just, did it, like, the Sarlacc spit it out? And then there, I love the, how there's also, like, the Sarlacc, uh, the, the dragon eats the Sarlaccs. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's crazy. is that a, how, he, like, he possibly escaped? I love that it wasn't like, oh, he, Kavvant killed Boba Fett or whatever. He found it from the Jawas. Like, the, I love that there's another 
like dotted line there. Um, yes. But I mean, yes, like you said, Boba Fett warning. The end of the this show, we see Tamora Morrison, who played Django Fett. Django Fett and all of the clones in the prequel movies who would grow up if Boba Fett grew up would look like Tamora Morrison. And here he is. And I mean I think ninety nine percent sure that this is Boba Fett, right? Like it could be any clone of course, but like it's gotta be him. It's just I mean, they in with that shot they're they're not saying anything else. They they're definitely saying that Boba Fett knows that his armor has been jacked by Mando. Yep. And they are now flying away. And that is what that shot is designed to tell you. Exactly. And holy fucking shit, it's epic as hell. I mean, he looks badass and, you know, aged and... Scarred and... Scarred. Wow. And that's going to be big. I think big. Tusken Raider weaponry, if not armor... Um, so, so maybe I, he moonlights as a Tuscan Raider. Maybe. Like, that's what we don't know, right? Like, I mean, he survived somehow. He lost his armor. But what has he been doing? Has he purposefully wanted to stay on Tatooine? Or is he unable to, to, to leave for whatever reason? Um, is he guarding a young Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is setting up a huge thread for the season whether it's you know the entirety of the plot i I think it's gonna come back um so let me ask you this um at the end of the episode um last season when uh i don't remember it might be like episode five or six when they were on tatooine and uh we see the figure approach the dead body of fennec shand i think her name was yeah 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 do we think that was Boba Fett, or do we think that was Cobb Vanth? I think it was probably Cobb Vanth, but it could also be Boba Fett. We, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, it's, they've they've got the Spurs going. I don't know. I, I didn't pay pay enough attention to to listen whether Cobb Vanth in this episode sounded like Boba Fett or not as he walked. Um, also, like Cobb Vanth seems to stick to that little town as as much as he as possible, whereas I Boba agree. Fett maybe out and about wandering and, and following threads. Um, so I think it might've been Boba Fett. Um, do you think Boba Fett is going to be a primary antagonist this season? I definitely do. I, well, I don't, well, a secondary antagonist. Okay. I think that he's going to be featured, you know, they could be saying that by putting him in the first episode, that this is going to be a very Boba Fett heavy season, but I don't know if that's safe to say yet. You know, one of the things that struck me the most was that Boba Fett's armor was made out of Beskar. Did you notice, like, his when he gets shot yeah, and it bounces off, and, like, some of the paint had uh, faded away? Yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool because it, it signifies that his armor is important, and it's not just, you know, didn't just look cool. Like, it, it had a purpose going back to, you know— what the original trilogy movies like his armor is is awesome and is valuable um but you know the other thing that we know is that boba fett is sort of not really even a mandalorian so like that's another He's totally not um so that could be another big point of contention especially over this armor um so I, i'm all for the redemption of boba fett because i feel like his character arc in the movies like 
is non-existent. It's kind of a bummer. It's, and it's kind of a bummer, and he just kind of dies like a a chum, but obviously he, he didn't die, which is good, because uh, he was like the most badass character that everyone loved, and it's like, all right, well, let's... Well, they used a couple of features of Boba Fett, like the jetpack and the... Uh... You know, the missile that you've never seen on screen before. Right, from the holiday special. You know, like, this is, like, huge new stuff, and, you know, we've never seen him really use it entirely too well. Yeah. And I think it was really effective. Uh, it was super exciting. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where they go from here, man. I, I think that's absolutely... You know, it's something that we had heard about happening. You know, they were talking about doing a Boba Fett movie at one point. Um, but for him to come back and be featured here, I think, is going to be a really amazing, uh, you know, arc. And, and I can't wait to see what happens next as a Star Wars fan, but also as a fan of the show. You yep. know, like, uh, I like the way that they make them. And, yep. and I'm excited to see uh, what happens next. It's just crazy. Yeah. So... I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I think this show, my my fear, and this is one of the things that um, we didn't get to talk about over the past several months, like of all the news that's come out, like we knew that Tamara Morrison was going to be featured at some point, like whether it was officially cast announcement by Disney or not. We didn't know. But we didn't know for sure. Um, and there have been other rumors and rumblings of other people. I just, I'm afraid that, by having all these other characters return, it could take away from the overall plot of the from this first season and these characters that we've known to grow and love. Um, but I agree, but I, I think that if you there's a lot less people who are aware of these Filoniverse characters, true, than there are people who really know that you know. Then there are people who are watching The Mandalorian, so. I think for them, the real danger is for them to corrupt how the Filoniverse people feel about these new versions of these characters. Sure. You know, so, like, they have to be careful to not um, kind of overplay their hand uh, and do something a little bit more daring. Mm -hmm. Like, they have to kind of have the balls to do that because I think that the fans have seen what you'd get with conservative Star Wars. Right. And I think that they like the direction that uh, these guys are going in. I think one of the other news pieces of news that we knew from production was that there was some trouble on set between Pedro Pascal and Favreau and Filoni, that they, like, they weren't getting along a lot, and it had to do with how much uh, Pedro Pascal would be actually portraying Mandalorian in person on screen. Yeah. I mean, and the other, I mean, what we learned obviously from from Disney Gallery is that like it's like three different guys that, yeah, uh, work together, including Pedro Pascal to portray the Mandalorian because of all the fight sequences and and the gunslinging aspect. Um, so there's that, but then I think also like the fact that he's constantly wearing the helmet and it's like you know what a blessing for them. Yeah. You know, like you, it's a cool idea that you can get same these guys that are all relatively the same size. And, you know, shoot them as one character being amazing on screen pictorially. Like, yeah. that's a really an, a cool idea. Um, I hope that they can kind of get over this row so they can keep making the movies. Because yeah. I think these guys, you know, they do make beautiful music together. I hope that it's not, you know, I, I don't want 
uh, Pascal to be too proud to not, you know, understand where the stunt guys really need to be used. Yeah, that's my exactly. And, and you know what? Like, how many times have there been, uh, like, especially in modern era, especially with movies, like you've got uh, performance capture done, or you've got a completely digital character, and someone just comes in to do the voice, like, like he's doing more than that, and and I think that should be enough. I mean, he's a star of the show. Like, I I don't know. I don't. I think. We don't really know the behind the scenes of it all. I just hope that they're right. able to, to resolve it and keep making the show and making the show great. Um, and back to the Filoni stuff, like in terms of like the the characters that were int- introduced in the animated shows, um, I agree with you. I think a lot of people won't know them um, if they do pop up. I if if anything, I hope they treat it as like a backdoor pilot, and that because that's another rumor is like okay, maybe they'll have a second show. And it'll be spinoff and um, introduced in this in the Mandalorian, and then they can go off and and tell that story separately. But they introduce it here in live action because I just don't want it to overwhelm what's going on. Um, I don't want it to become the the search for uh, you know Ezra Bridger or Admiral Thrawn or whatever. Like right. I want to see that, but I want the Mandalorian to stand on its own. Um. So, that's yeah. a good point. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Um, excited. Uh, I'm, it was good. Excited that, to be back. Excited to be back. We didn't get um, Carl Weathers or Gina Carano this week, but that's probably fine. Um, I'm sure they're coming. They're coming. Um, and and we'll see. And, I mean, <laughs> uh, Moff Gideon, like, he's another huge character that we didn't see until, like, the end of the season. And he's a, a threat out there that uh, – I hope we see sooner rather than later because that that will up the action. I hope the episodes oh, are also we'll longer, like this one, like so we get more meat. You know, for sure, for sure, for sure. You're so right. All right, everybody. So thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, really happy to have you all back. Uh, this is the Mandalorian um, series. You know, weekly discussion for uh, Long Lost Heroes. If you're interested in the James Bond content, that is now over. <laughs> Go revisit that. Uh, but that is now concluded until the movie. We're going to be doing Mandalorian again. Uh, check out our website, www.longlostheroes.net. You can find us on the socials at LLH podcast. If you want to send us an email info at longlostheroes.net. I'm AJ and I'm Frank. Have a good week, everybody. Take care. May the force be with you. This is the way.